You're listening to The Dirty Side, Formula One podcast. How are you doing, Luke? I'm well, thank you, Keon. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, a little bit, a little bit disappointed in the outcome of the race, but it was a pretty good race. I didn't have the greatest time watching it, though. Yeah, I watched it from um, the comfort of my uh, double bed at home, and uh, it was <laughs> from your couch bed. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit disappointed in quality, and I think the race was a lot better. I didn't. I didn't like qualifying was fine. Yeah. I didn't think it was disappointing. It no, served I mean, up nothing really. Okay, so <clears throat> it, served up what it was supposed to. Well, which is like a totally predictable order of the two top teams interleaved like with symmetrical perfection. I mean, we, we had like <laughs> Hamilton, Vettel, Bottas, Raikkonen. By the like, way, Keon has a dictionary beside him. <laughs> my, my brain is just a dictionary, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it, it just, it wasn't that interesting. Nothing really earth shattering happened. Like the Red Bulls were, they did not have the ability to challenge for a pole position. They weren't really in the mix. No. So Horner mentioned that they, the strategy they took really early on when they realized that there was no way they were getting pole is to optimize for the for race pace, which they did, and and look what look what happened. Like it was, they did a really great job. They they had uh, unbelievable, phenomenal pace um, <clears throat> come uh, race day. It was it was like both both of them, Ricardo and like Verstappen, probably had a little bit more pace than Ricardo, but. Uh, yeah, they ha- they were blistering around that track. Um, what I would say with qualifying, though, um, it was like, I mean, Vettel um, was only, I think, one-tenth behind Lewis. Uh, so that was like... Yeah, Vettel was actually, I mean, he did... <clears throat> He did. Really, he qualified, and he he did well in the in the practice sessions. Yeah, he he did. He had like a very solid, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But come come race day, I mean, he struggled more so than Kimi to kind of find pace. Whether it was his setup, I mean, Kimi really outperformed him on on race day. Did he not? Yeah, he uh, he did, yeah. So Vettel was nowhere in the race. No, he was he no. was everywhere uh, all weekend. And he just let you mention that it seemed like somebody flipped a switch in his brain. And yeah. He, just, he was like a reverse sleeper agent. <laughs> yeah, and was, he became like a, just a regular everyday Joe yeah. driving around. Like, yeah. It's like Ferrari goes, oh, okay, let's make Vettel now. And they like flick a switch. And it, it started with the formation lab. I don't know what happened, whether that was maybe, I don't think it was a technical issue, but he... <laughs> He started his forma- formation lap like yeah, four, or, f- four line, or five yeah. places uh, behind his his second place, so he had to like uh, catch up. It, w- it was really strange. I mean, it it sums up such a bizarre. Yeah, it was odd. It was really odd. Bizarre little mistake riddled. He did year. actually. He did actually get a good start though, <clears throat> in the actual the actual race start. It, but it you know he ultimately did, yeah. did not work out well for him because he made mistakes. Yeah. No. He he got a, after actually a brilliant start. He covered. Yeah. He covered Bottas well and uh, he was, <clears throat> but then like when Hamilton got off the block, it was like he couldn't really get to Hamilton too much, even uh, like as Hamilton, Hamilton started to pull away, mm-hmm. I found, but. I'm not, I actually don't even know exactly because I remember the, the, they played the restart, um, sorry, they played the start several times, the replay. 
And we were kind of focused on the fact that, okay, Hamilton got away okay, so he remained in the lead. But really, the focus was on uh, some Verstappen start, started fifth and Kimi was in fourth. So Max passed Kimi, I think, like turn one or turn two, like really, really early. He, 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 he did an overtake. And literally, like the next corner or the one after that, almost immediately, Kimi took the plates back. So it was really exciting and the cameras were focusing on them. I'm yeah. not really sure, too, too sure what happened with, with Bottas <clears throat> and, and Vettel right at the start. Yeah, I mean, well, as we know, Bottas just doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he he got he got up. a good start. He got a good start. Yeah, he had but a good start. He had a terrible. It's actually interesting because <clears throat> both both drivers behind Hamilton had decent starts and terrible races. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, Rel- I, I, relatively terrible. Bottas right? just benefits from the fact that the Mercedes is able to have that straight line speed off the start. I I, I don't think it's due to the fact that he's a skillful starter uh, per se, but he benefits from that hard. Uh, raw uh, Mercedes straight line speed. I don't necessarily think his good starts are a reflection of his skill. Mm, I don't know. I mean, uh, historically, this season, Ferrari had an advantage with starts, and they didn't have the straight line advantage at the start of the season. And then they were somewhat faster in the middle part of the season, and then Mercedes kind of came back. So, But that's the I, thing. That's all very confused. I think, I, think I, w- I don't know. I, I don't know if I would say that that it was, it's all down to the car because I think Bottas had a better start than Hamilton in uh, this race. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, <clears throat> like we're basically arguing over nothing because he didn't yeah. do anything with it just, as usual. Yeah, as usual. He just uh, he, he, he reminds he just reminds me of Bender. He he turned, from fucking Futurama. He just he, he turned into he turned into someone's grandmother driving the station wagon around. I the track. I would seriously. He, he became a serious like hazardous roadblock. Yeah, he's a hazard. He's a hazard to all the Formula One drivers. I would prefer I mean, to he, have a son that. Uh, <laughs> I'd prefer to not have a son. Sorry, than to have a son that's a shit F one driver. I mean, it is <laughs> it is abysmal what uh, he is producing in probably, this beautiful Mercedes car. You probably wouldn't turn down all the <clears throat> gifts you would get you would get from your F one driver son, though. No, no. If he was in the Mercedes right now, I'd be like, all right, let's just part ways. Go. You need to live out the rest of your life in Siberia, um, <laughs> and become an. Because it, <laughs> it, it, I, it, it just seems so annoying that he has this beautifully designed car. He has a, a teammate who is uh, hungry, yeah. hungry to compete and, and as a driver. And, it, and we, it's just like wasted away. It, it's just disappointing. We didn't, we didn't feel this way about Bottas in the first, uh, first half of the season. Though. Remember that. <laughs> no, but I always did say that <clears throat> it was a risk to have... I think it was like when he re-signed for two seasons, I was like, oh, that's like, that's a big Yeah, risk. it does seem, it seems a little bit like um, they kind of, okay, he didn't actually re-sign for two seasons though. He actually re-signed. Yeah, he did, um, didn't he? Re-signed for two, um, two No, no, it's like, it's, I think they, I think there's some kind of like renewal clause, but it's performance dependent. Yeah. So, so he was, his contract was renewed for sure for another year but I think they have the option of extending it another year. Yeah. So I, it's like in place, they don't have to renegotiate, but it's up to them whether they keep him. So I think they it's like a little bit of a get out of jail free card for them. Yeah. And it's a damn good thing that they did that. And I actually think they're probably regretting signing him at all because if they knew about the Alcon drama, they probably would have snapped up Alcon, who would be tremendously better than, than Valtteri Bottas, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, he... I know, I know you're not cert- big on him right now, but... Yeah, I mean, he's, Ocon certainly can make a race interesting, which is more than uh, which what we saw, to, you know, 
this race. However, like... It, well, it's- let's be fair. Bot- Bottas has made a lot of races interesting. Like, he backed Kimi into Hamilton in Monza and basically let Hamilton win for that reason. He's He's done a lot of, like, interesting sort of defensive moves that have made races exciting. And he has also done some spectacular... He's, he's suffered some spectacular failures, like in Baku. Like, it's, it's actually... You know he's done. He's done quite well. Um, I don't know. Look, my my. And Mac, let's not forget, he was about to win Sochi, my, and he was forced to to pull over. My MacBook Pro currently needs an upgrade on its software, and I think fucking Valtteri Bottas needs one too because he is just shit. Just no, to, I think Mercedes. You know, Mercedes needs an upgrade, and they need to like eject that driver. Yeah, it, it's a. It's, it's he's a, infected by a virus. <laughs> yeah, they need to they need to quarantine that shit and get someone else behind the cockpit. Yeah. Because he it's, is just not. We were talking about this. We're we're both really excited to see uh, what happens next year at Ferrari with uh, Leclerc and uh, and Vettel going toe to toe and qualifying. And I, I I said that like you know it's a real it's a real shame we don't have a good fight between two top drivers in Mercedes next year because we've got Hamilton and then we've got you know Valrens Barrichello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 you look at uh, Red Bulls lineup and even you can extend it to Renault's lineup for next year with Ricardo and Hulkenberg. Yeah, they're, there's they're some gonna, solid lineups. Yeah, year. they're going to duke it out. I mean, Hulkenberg's no 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 one to walk over. Um, yeah, no, certainly not. Yeah, it's actually so. yeah, it's it's shaping up to be a good season. They've got a, they've got rid of a lot of like dead weight. We've kicked out Van Dorn. We've kicked out Ericsson. Um by Alonso. by all um it's very likely they're going to kick out uh, Hartley. Yeah, it seems to be that way, which is another and, and uh, another another topic that we have to discuss was uh, Hartley and um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, it was so, uh, so Gasly, but that was like, we'll touch on that at the end of the race because actually that's when it happened in the last two or three or last I think definitely the last seven or eight laps of the race. Yeah, but so let's let's talk about the. There was a lot of overtaking this race, but somehow, I don't know if it's the fact that the championship has already been decided, uh, about the driver's championship that's already been decided, but like it just didn't seem as a lot of really cool overtakes and a lot of battles on track well, happened, but they just weren't, they didn't quite have the same impact. I tell you, well, there was one. We ha- we, we saw the two mm. Renaults of Sainz and, uh, mm-hmm. and Hulkenberg racing side by side for what appeared to be like felt like half a lap of the race. I don't know if you remember the the, the yeah. two Renaults just going side by side for all. It was that yeah. was pretty cool to watch. There was, uh, a, there, was a, there was like turn after turn. They kept like basically one would take the inside, one would take the yeah. outside. They kept exchanging that was, barely like half a car length ahead of each other. And you rarely get to see that just two two drivers from the same no, team. No, and what was cool is they did it. They did it pretty cleanly, although they did touch once. Yeah, and Hulkenberg sort of like touch. they touched. They did a little love tap, and then. Uh, Hulkenberg like locked up, which was like compensating, but it was interesting that they were able to do it without like wiping each other out the way Max and Ricardo would have done. Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> it was, it was cool that like a lot of stuff happened. Like, let's talk about two really strange occurrences. Uh, one that Van Dorn, like, so Van Dorn was qual- out qualified by Alonso for like the 20th time this year or like every, every time basically, but he ended up actually passing Alonso. During the race, yeah. which was like shocking, and then Ericsson, where did that come from? Ericsson outqualified Leclerc, which is yeah, by mind boggling by a couple of tenths too. Was like it wasn't just that he yeah. outqualified him by 
a hundredth or, yeah. or a, 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 and a thousandth. Like it, it was a couple of tenths, which yeah. is a substantial. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't even really process it. And I was surprised when I when I looked at the final standings because I remember to get into Q three, um, Leclerc had did that crazy. Like he said that it was raining, and they said, "Okay, come in and box." And he was like, "No, I'm staying out. I'm, I'm going to try anyway." And he he just like tried. He was still on slicks and he pushed as hard as he could and somehow delivered like an astounding lap time and ended up, you know, making Q3, which was shocking at the time. And I think he knocked Magnuson out. Yeah, he did. And yeah, Magnuson uh, was like, oh shit, should I go out again? No, I'm safe. And then Leclerc basically put in that killer time. So he did a, he, that was an amazing, you know, sort of performance. It was dramatic to watch. And then I, I don't even know how this happened. I haven't even looked it up because it's so shocking how Ericsson actually out, out qualified him. But it didn't matter because, you know. Sometimes uh, you just have that really, uh, you, I don't know, you're in sync with the, the whole track and your setup is perfect and it's like Hamilton. I mean, I bet what happened is he went out a little bit earlier, right before it was like raining. But but the thing that... But it wasn't really raining it, to begin. Like yeah, it was, it was maybe, droplets. Maybe. And, and I remember them saying that the, 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 it was drying up anyway. Like, because the, 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 the humidity and the heat was was high enough that the droplets of rain weren't mm-hmm. really affecting the rubber on the track but i mean yeah it could could very well be it's uh but it was surprising it didn't actually amount to anything because he he ended up uh, making contact with Haas. i think it was magnuson it might have been grosjean and um yeah they, they touched and he lost um uh, part of the i don't know if it was his floor like something on the right of the car or part of his wing he lost. He lost some significant aero. Yeah, he had like no downforce, and eventually he was like wiping out, and they had to box the car because I think he got some some extra damage on it. So it was a really, a really shit day for him, which is kind of bad. I feel a little bit bad for these drivers who are already fired, and they're yeah. suddenly putting <laughs> in like the drives of their of their lives. I'm like, why? Why did you wait this long? Yeah, and I mean, and <clears throat> I mean, Stoffel, Stoffel. Okay, he passed Alonso. He didn't qualify him, but still. You should have been doing this kind of stuff earlier. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're at the end of the day, if you're getting out qualified, so be it. But if you're passing that teammate in a race, that's all that matters. But that's the thing. That's what separates these drivers from the the amateurs is that they real race drivers take their chances from Melbourne in race one on the calendar. They don't wait until the shackles are off. They they <coughs> yeah. they have that that sort of you know that that uh, drive, that intensity from 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 round yeah, one. Yeah, you got to bring that. It's true. You know, it's it, like it's yeah. not like a and, and it's a it's shame. It's like somebody's pulling up their socks because they're told by their supervisor at work that they're you know that they're on notice. Yeah, and they're on probation. Like, that's not the right way to you know no. make a name for yourself. No, it's not the right right, na- right way to approach any kind of situation. Whereas yeah. your Verstappens and your Hamiltons and Vettels, they go fuck you and they just race and. They might crash out. I don't know if it, if it's cautionary, but uh, you're right. I mean, they're driving some of these. I mean, they're even driving really well. I mean, like Kimmy is kind of you can consider him part of that in a sense because he's actually okay. Let's to be fair to him, him he's actually not. Uh, I think the stat was like he's finished in the top six in like every race this season or something. He he's has, clearly yeah. third, like comfortably third in the champion in the drivers' championship, but he's also like even though he was making podiums and doing fairly well and didn't have, I think he had one DNF and then he had a bad race in Montreal where he was like fifth or sixth. But the second half of the season has definitely been a lot better for Kimi and that's the half that he's been 
you know, people considered him to be in danger for not being renewed. And then he starts putting in crazy performances literally after he was told that he was fired. Like in Monza, he qualified on pole when he already knew he was out of the team. Then he ends up winning a race. Yeah. And like he's podium making podiums and he's 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 showing up Vettel in some way. So it's like I think the difference though, we can kind of give uh, we can kind of give Raikkonen a pass because the man is thirty nine years old. But what's like, you know, what what's... Uh, he's in his twilight years. Yeah, yeah, he's in his... You know, he also doesn't give a fuck. Did you hear about the um, the interview that they did with... Uh, what's that guy's name? Will Will Buxton, I think is his name. And they were asking him about his motivation. <laughs> How's your motivation for next year? And he was like, I don't have, I don't have motivation. And you could tell he was like, <laughs> is he joking? And then he, he was like, you know, he was like... Uh, how can how can I lost my, lose my motivation when I never had it? I never had it to begin with. And then he was he's just like so loose now. When they interview him, he's just cracking jokes, and it seems like the, the you know the the anvil weight of being a Ferrari driver around his neck has been lifted, and he's just like in way better spirits. Yeah, and I, I think that's uh, something that Leclerc is gonna Leclerc is gonna have to uh, mm-hmm. maybe just take the summer to. <clears throat> think about is that he's going to be racing for Ferrari and there's a pressure that comes with it. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're uh, all these, the kid drivers are always like, Oh, I don't even, I don't think about it like that. I just try to do the best. Yeah. You know, just all that sports, Bullshit. sports dribble. I mean, Hamilton is really good at saying shit like that. Like, yeah, I just focus on my own performance. I don't care. Uh, that's, that's total shit. So Leclerc is definitely going to feel it, but you know what? I think, I'm like, I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as as you and, and Martin Brundle. I'm like salivating at the prospect of seeing that fight between Leclerc and Vettel. Next yeah, year. someone told me the other day, just it was worthy, and uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree couldn't agree more. It's 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 going to be good. It's going to be good because Leclerc has um, blistering qualifying pace and. So does Vettel. So to see Ferrari yeah. have like qualifying showdowns between their two drivers, because Kimi, he can, I would say that he used to be able to qualify really well in his earlier part mm-hmm. of his career. Yeah. Later part of his career, it's more his racecraft and race strategy. Uh, yeah, he's, not, he's, he's not, not able to consistently no. string together so, the sectors these, these days. So he, he can definitely, I mean, he did, he racecraft did, is better. When he, when he came back from his hiatus and he was with Renault or with Lotus, um, basically, I don't know. He, uh, he, he was qualifying really well then too, but in the last four or five years, yeah, he, apart from Monza last, uh, sorry, uh, Monaco last year and Monza this year, he's really, he doesn't really put it together. No, his strength is his race craft so, and his as race much as, strategy. As much as I wish they would have renewed him, um, now when I think about the, the qualifying battles, I agree. Like, it's Le- gonna Leclerc battles is going to be amazing. Yeah, it, it's going to, it's going to be good. And, um, I think it, I mean, if Honda can deliver a reliable engine for uh, Red Bull, I think we're going to see a really good, uh, Gasly Verstappen. Um, oh, oh man, that, that's going to be, I would say that might even be more intense <laughs> than, than, um, Leclerc of Edel, cause Leclerc is going to have a bit of respect. He'll see if he's doing well and he'll start to get cocky and stuff. But I think he is a, a respectful, kind of polite sort of driver and he's going to try to learn a lot from Vettel. But you think about like Gasly and Verstappen, I think Gasly is actually technically older than Max. Like they're both super young, yeah, super hungry. And Gasly is going to be chomping at the bit to prove himself. And I don't think he 
even though Max has been doing so great and everyone everyone feels that way, yeah. I think that Gasly's gonna gonna be um, not gonna have the same sort of deference. No, because because Max is just an ass and everyone knows that he is. It's gonna it's just like people usually when they arrive at a team have the welcoming mat out. I think yeah. like. Verstappen Max gonna, is going to put out gonna, booby traps, no, man. Max is going to invite him to like this haunted house. Yeah, no, it's going to be he's gonna, with like the Joker and fucking. No, the, he's going to invite him over for dinner, and there's going to be like he's going to booby trap like the meal. It's going to be like have, Home like, Alone. He's going to have trip wires and like yeah, swinging like knives from pendulums. It's going it's it's to be, be he's going to you know what Verstappen's going to be like that little clown from Saw on the bicycle and <laughs> welcoming him in. He's going to it's going to be really rough because um max does not want he doesn't want to be shown up by anybody but especially not another young driver in the red bull program. well the like thing he, is is max is young like, yeah okay max is young he hasn't learned because hamilton was he's, young he's and, all he's all puffed up yeah <laughs> he's, all <laughs> <laughs> he's all puffed up he totally is and it, that's gonna be i think that has the potential to become a, like a really, really ugly rivalry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the it. thing. Is, that's what you get. At least Vettel has. At least Vettel's been in the game for a decade, like, and has some experience, and and kind of had his big fallout. Yeah, he he's a whiny Red bitch. He's a whiny with bitch. Ricardo. He like but he like, just took his toys and went Verst- home. Verstappen switched is, to Ferrari. Verstappen is, is like Verstappen's young to have like and like we you know we forget Hamilton was a young kid too and. He, you know, he didn't do, I, I don't believe he was at fault with the whole Alonso situation, but he wasn't, he certainly wasn't completely innocent. No one ever is completely innocent. If, you, yeah. if you're in, a, in, a, in an F1 team, you're not completely fucking in, uh, innocent if, if there's a, an ugly rivalry, but. Yeah, it, it just, how do, we, how do we get on this topic? Oh, Leclerc and Vettel, that's the thing that's like, there's going to be some sparks on the track in, in qualifying and there's going to be intense competition, but I don't think they're going to be trying to mentally outdo each other and like manipulate each other. And I actually think the Red Bull rivalry might be like that because Gasly is fast. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, had, he's, he's had a shit time in the last half of the season. I think the Toro Rosso has just not been great and he's had a lot of like weird, um, you know, drivability issues and like penalties and stuff. But um, he, he's, you know, he's a racer. And I think the fact that they're both young is going to cause mayhem. I think Horner is going to actually regret signing Gasly. Well, the other thing is that we're also forgetting here on is that Gasly's had a whole season with the Honda engine and, uh, to, that's actually uh, a really good point. And actually, to, to, to have that, that on, under your, yeah, under your experience, doesn't matter. Like they've had a, quite a few DNFs, uh, but to, to just have that feel of the Honda engine one year, not saying that that's going to be a huge, uh, differential between him and Max. Max no, is a good enough. Be. Yeah. Max is a good enough driver. I think that it won't make a huge effect, but I think it will have some effect. And I, th- I think there could be political problems, um, next year with, the first time Max is let down by Honda, he's gonna get interviewed and he's gonna be all red faced. That's like that's like a stereotype now, just red faced Max. He's just gonna be smoke coming out of his ears and he's gonna start bad mouthing Honda. I swear it's gonna happen and I think I, it's probably gonna have consequences. I, th- I, I I I assure you that he'll be sat down at the end of the year and uh, be told, <laughs> let's not fuck up our new engine supplier and slag them off. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't think I think you can try whatever you want with Max. There is no way to tame that 
that PR disaster. He is just a he's not a PR walking disaster. PR disaster. Yeah. But before we get on to to Max and and Ocon, I just want to touch Shovegate. the uh, Bottas. Uh, how he effectively back backed up. Yeah, he backed up Raikkonen. the entire field. Yeah, well, it, the well, so he backed up. He backed Raikkonen into Raikkonen Ricardo, Vettel. into Vettel, into Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, which had a butterfly effect on the whole race. Like, it, it just. Um, yeah, all you need. It's like why. Why would it, why would anyone ever need a safety car when you can just have Bottas in the race? <laughs> yeah, it it just I mean I know we're going. He was back half here. a second slower, man. Half a second slower for like laps and laps and laps, like over ten laps, maybe more than that. Yeah, and it just didn't even seem like he wanted to overtake <sighs> Lewis. It it just uh, yeah. I, I know that we were going back to him, but I just wanted to point that out. And no, to, he was he was, a, he was just a rolling chicane. Yeah, I mean, also uh, Ricardo just. Um, I see he didn't do too bad. I think he actually well, he started uh, down the oil. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Ricardo's unfair penalty. Yeah, that's the 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 whole thing. Now, what happened last last week was that a, a fire extinguisher, one of the marshals, um, put out his turbo that was on fire. Yeah, so correct? he had to retire towards. It was the very very end of the race where he was was he driving? He was in fourth or something, and then he had to. Or like he was doing quite well. I can't remember what position he, he was made. In. He made a, a like he he basically climbed the pack. Yeah. I know that from yeah, yeah. last week in Mexico. He so climbed he, the pack. He, I mean, Max was still ahead, but he 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 was having a great race. And then a few laps from the end, maybe even a couple, his engine just died, and he had to pull on the side. And a marshal went up to extinguish what appeared to be a fire or smoke coming from his engine. And in the process of extinguishing this fire, which was you know, standard safety procedures to protect drivers and spectators and marshals on the track. Um, he, the fire extinguisher chemical got into the engine and apparently ruined the turbo. So the engine was unusable. So they had to reuse, they had to get a new turbo or a new engine. They had and, to, yeah, swap it out. And, and then he gets a grid penalty for that. Now, yeah, that's not, that's just the driver is being that ridiculous? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Like it completely is ridiculous. And, and it's kind of well, like, you could argue that, okay. So normally the reason for that is that, if an engine dies, that is typically a reliability problem. That's the reason you have to switch an engine because your engine didn't last enough races. So you need to penalize the team, the constructor, the engineers. Absolutely. And the way that you have to penalize the team is the only way you can penalize them is by affecting their grid position, which I, I understand. But in this case, this was very clearly not a fault of, it wasn't the fault of the constructor this was the fact that the marshal was following safety procedures. Yeah. So, what do you do? Do you uh, do, does a driver then forego safety when it, in a situation and say, "Hold on, no, do not touch my car. I don't care." <laughs> well, like, even if he wanted to, he couldn't. Like the marshal was like there. Like, but it doesn't. Ricardo uh, would have to like tackle him. Well, like like Verstappen style, but <laughs> Verstappen would just punch him out. But the thing is, it, but it gets to that point where then the driver kind of has to think twice. In now because about well hold on a second if this marshal suddenly uh, is trying to protect the safety but then in the process is going to wreck my car and l- let's say you're a Vettel or a Hamilton and you're vying for the oh, championship Vettel. yeah Vettel, I mean, I Vettel, imagine, Vettel would freak out the way he did on the Weybridge well what would happen I mean we kind of Ricardo's out of the hunt and has been so yeah. it didn't really get that much coverage but I, I tell you if this was Vettel or Hamilton this would have gotten a lot more press coverage and. It just seems ludicrous that that it does that 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 would allow that the FIA have 
got a, quite a few things to fix because uh, they're penalizing drivers for the wrong, for the, in, in the wrong way. They're yeah. in the wrong way. And, and I just it's think in this demoralizing. Case, yeah. And this, it's, it's terrible for him. who's had so many reliability problems. It's just unfair. And I think in this case it is very, very clearly not the fault of the constructor that they were, you know, in a position on the track where a marshal had to use a fire extinguisher, you know, like maybe if the engine was completely, you know, like flames were coming out of it and it was going to be unusable anyway and they would have to change it. But apparently this was just something to do with the intake and the, and the turbo. And the only reason they had to change engines was literally because of that chemical that was sprayed into it. So I think in this case they should have... There should be some discretionary um, flexibility there. Yeah, on a case-by-case situation, 100%, yeah. and where a steward... Yeah, so uh, so he, it's an unfair penalty, but they had to take it, obviously, within the rules. So Ricardo started down the order, well down the order. And and he didn't... like, like, like He was 11th, actually. Yeah, and like you said, um, Red Bull decided to focus on race setup, uh, which meant that they had really good pace. But I don't know, it felt kind of felt like when I was watching Ricardo, it was like he was, as Martin Brundle says, like a day late, a dollar short. When he was trying to make a move on uh, Bottas, it seemed like, it almost seemed like Ricardo's too scared to make that much of a, an aggressive move, move because it seems like something that's going to happen to that fucking Red Bull, like the wheel or the steering wheel or something's going to fall off and fucking start flaming a light. It, it, just, <laughs> it just seemed like he's been... It just seems like he's a little cautious to overtake at the moment, Ricardo. And I think it's because mm. of the way that the Red Bull has been handling, well, in particular his Red Bull. It, it's kind of like it's just going to fucking engulf him in flames and he's going to have <laughs> to end his race. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would. I'm not sure that's true because, like, when we watched this race, there were some good overtaking moves. So Ricardo actually punched his way up the order, almost, almost made it onto the podium. He was breathing right down um, Reckonen's neck at the end of the race, and he was. But it was he too was, late. He, he, I mean, they were trying. They were both stuck behind Bottas for so long. So yeah. they, were, they were really disadvantaged. But yeah, like what I'm saying is he, he went from 11th to 4th and he ha, he put in some great, great overtakes. We actually saw him battle it out with Vettel on track. And and I would not say that he was being timid. He, he, was, uh, he was racing aggressively. They were touching wheels multiple times. I think it was like the old Ricardo. But something is just not quite falling together for him. I know he started 11th and, and Max started 5th, so he's, you know, that's a definite advantage. But Max has just, in the last, I don't know, the last third of the season, he's just been tearing through the field. I mean, like, like there's just a button and Max is, it's like an overtake button and he figures out how to get it done. Well, Max- and people were calling Ricardo the, over, the king of overtaking and he still definitely has the skills. Like his overtake on Vettel was fantastic. But he's, he's only doing like one or two a race and Max is doing like 15 overtakes a I, race. And I think it goes back to what like he, I think he's a little scared at the moment to drive the wheels off that car because he just doesn't know what fucking marshal, like um, field marshal is going to come out and spray it with a bunch of fucking chemicals. Like I, I, I just, I, I think that he's a little. Or a skunk. Yeah. Or like, I think he's just uh, cautious to drive know. the wheel. I don't know. Verstappen isn't. Un- I don't think he's, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's cautious. I just think I that. I think he is. I just think, well, first of all, let's not forget that he hasn't been able to finish a lot of races recently. So he hasn't had like a full race distance every exactly, time. Exactly. Which would then put to the point that he doesn't want to go too hard mm. in an overtake so I don't, he can I don't, get his car over no, the line. No, because I think that Ricardo does not give a shit about 
races completed or any stats like that. He just he wants to he wants results. He wants to race. He wants to overtake. I don't think he would hold anything back. I think he's just he hasn't had the the track time that Max has had recently, and he hasn't started from an advantageous enough position. But one thing I will give you is he's being he's been destroyed by Max in qualifying lately. Well, I think Max that's, has that's learned sad. how to qualify. That's just sad. Max has learned how to qualify. That's the thing, is, and that's scary. Although, although didn't uh, Ricardo actually he 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 got pole in Mexico though, right? So it's not fair of me, is it? Because that last race he was on pole position, but typically Max has started ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. Look, I I think Ricardo just had a. I, I don't know. It, it just seemed. I think, I, I think I that mustache. That mustache is like weighing him down. Man. Yeah, it's just too heavy. It doesn't look good, and especially <laughs> as he's my doppelganger, I have to. Uh... You do look exactly like Ricardo. Yeah. <laughs> except, except uh, I don't know how tall Ricardo is. Yeah. But, yeah. We, I, 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 well, Formula One. Right? Formula One drivers tend to be of the. Uh, you know, the, oh, the, the shorter persuasion. The, the, the shorter persuasion. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like a bunch of fucking jockeys <laughs> riding, riding Icelandic ponies. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it just seems, <laughs> it just seems to me that, um, I, I, okay, so from my point of view, I would rather finish a race than to have a DNF. I would rather finish a race of 15th than to have a DNF and not to be going because going over really? that finish, yeah, to go yeah. over that finish, going driving over that finish line is a completed race, regardless if you're yeah. if you're tenth or fifteenth, you've completed a race. But to have a DNF, that's yeah. nothing. And DNFs are amazing. Yeah, I think I think if you if you have a DNF and you've pulled off some amazing overtakes, no. and then your engine dies, all goes who to the shit. You're you even more pissed off. No, yeah, no, no. I'm I'm much. I'm I'm. I like to be like a rather than a. I, yeah, just well, like really, well. I just like to really. I just like to really. Well, <laughs> I like to, you know, yeah. So I just, uh, I think, going out in a blaze of glory, I'd rather perform more glorious moves uh, and but, not finish the race than to, you know what? Like, you know who always like finishes races? Like, well, maybe not always, but most of the time, Sergey Sorokin. But who gives a shit? Like. You, you're not doing anything. Sorokin is best known this year for being a moving, just a moving obstacle in Singapore. Like you want to like make a name for yourself. Yeah, but like you want to be, you want to have consistency. Consistency is finishing races like Kimi being in no, the top but, yeah. six. Consistency right? finishing races in the top six or making tons of podiums. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're anymore. talking about consistency and, and consistency in finishing a, a race. That whereas like consistency in having a DNF. Fuck, fuck no, that. No, no, no. And also, like, this isn't, this is totally not Ricardo's fault in any way, shape, or form. The no. DNFs are completely Red Bull's fault. So, yeah, it's Or completely. Renault. I mean, who knows exactly where the blame lies. Yeah. But yeah, so I do, I think the it was a totally unfair penalty. It just, it, it was, was, it was ridiculous. bad. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that he was able to push his way up the field. I'm a little disappointed he wasn't able to get a podium, even though it would be at the expense of my guy. Yeah, but um, and I know, remember you did say that you would uh, you wouldn't have felt too too bad. If, no, because uh, I, I think if he had overtaken him fair and square, it would have been fine. I do think that it was a tall order because Kimmy was driving really well, and I'm glad. Like, I want I want Kimmy to make as many podiums as possible and maybe another race win before he leaves, but uh, which is probably not very likely. But I'd like to see that happen. But in a way, you think about it, it's sort of the same situation with Ricardo because now Kimmy's going to be around next year, but he's going to be kicking around in a shit car. And Ricardo, we can say almost the same thing of him. 
yeah, I... He's gonna. He's not going to be driving a car capable of winning a race or making a podium naturally for another two years at least. No, and you, we were just discussing this before we uh, started the episode, and, and it does suck because uh, Ricardo, yeah, will have to be out of the wilderness because obviously, like we were saying before, Renault aren't focusing on the next two years they're focusing on the next era in 2021. Yeah, yeah. That's where they're piling their resources. They're building up their factory for 2021. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a shame. that Well, we- and I think they've said that um, they've actually stated in some interview uh, or Ricardo's even said that he knows that this is like a two, like it's a, it's a story arc. They're not going to be anywhere near Red Bull next year, but hopefully, hopefully by 2020, he hopes they will be. But I think that's a little bit of a, it's like fudging it a little bit because That's PR, because yeah. 2021 is where the rules change and it's almost like a reset button. So yep. if Renault interpret correctly, they're going to be in a better position. So I almost think that they're actually going to be way worse, you know, than than the other teams are in 2019 and 2020. Even more so because they're going to be they don't have unlimited resources. They do have quite a bit of Renault money, but they're spending it very frugally, apparently. Yeah, they are. They're, and they're going to focus their attention on 2021. So I really don't think he has much of a chance. No, and, and historically, we've seen teams take a step back before they take a step forward. I mean, Mercedes didn't come onto the scene uh, winning winning races and getting podiums. They, well, Mercedes wasn't isn't even really Mercedes. Like the Mercedes of old, it was basically, I mean, Braun GP, right? Yeah, they purchased Braun GP, but they had to... Which was which was Honda, which was Tyrrell. Tyrrell, yeah, Tyrrell and whatnot. I mean, it, it, but it, it just goes to show that you, you get a, a team with an, a bunch of new uh, racing directors and, and uh, mechanics and, and that you have to gel within a team. And like they, so much that they needed uh, experience that they had to get Schumacher in to, to help develop the car. So I mean, it, it, it's. Um, I think that they've got they've got good enough drivers to develop the car with what Ricardo they need, and Hulkenberg. Yeah, what they need, and they have money. What you they think need. Hulkenberg is good. Yes, at... I do. I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's the one that basically built the team to what it is right now. Yeah, I. Um, I... And and like Renault, the the new the new the new Renault was basically nothing. I mean, they were like, aren't they like basically built from the ashes of Lotus? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So. But I mean, like they had, yeah. I they were, which were, and they were good like in 2012, 2013, but then they were nowhere. Yeah. So I, I do think, I think they have what it what they need, but what they really require is for those people in, in France to figure out how to build an engine. Well, that's the thing. I mean, historically, the Renault doesn't have a straight, I don't know why the Renault can't have yeah. a straight line speed. I don't know what Ferrari and Mercedes have in in their fucking in their brains where they're able well, to get a straight line hard uh reliable engine whereas the Renault's just never never ever had straight line speed and like i don't i, I hope this is something they address well you know a long time ago in in the uh well, I guess, well, what was it the 80s um, when Gilles Villeneuve was racing, and um, there was a classic race where it was Villeneuve and Rene Arnoux in the in the in the Renault. I, I think it was in France, but I'm not sure. That was like during that era. The Renaults were like they had a considerably um, beefy engine. Like they were they were able to develop develop engines back then. And I know you can say that oh, it's like decades pass and technology changes and organizations aren't able to do what they used to be able to do and they have different people working there. But like, 
I think when, when, when it comes to F1, it almost comes down to tradition and almost like this sort of, um, I don't know, like a, like a, a ghost in the air, sort of part of like a reputation that's sort of built into the name where people feel like they need to live up to. Yeah. And Renault, Renault has a, just a ridiculous, like a fantastic tradition of building engines, just like Honda. And like, for some reason, they're not able to deliver it right now. Yeah, I mean, well, they... And look what happened with Honda and, and McLaren I like mean, two years got, ago. Yeah, like with Alonso, they delivered a, a two-time world championship winning car in in their Renault, and, and it, was a, it was a great car. It, it just seemed, I don't know, it just seems very elusive for them. And, uh, I mean, this is, this is career move, make or break for Daniel because he won't be picked up. He'll have to... Like yeah, he's also, go to a he's, shit team yeah, and then he's, hope he's that a, they reform better, right? He's in a phase of his career that's actually, yeah, it's it's a bit do or die. He's, I think he's 20, he just turned 29 or something. He's not, by F1 driver standards, he's, he's no spring chicken. He's entering, I'm not going to say he's entering his twilight years, but he's definitely in his peak years. He should be in the best possible team now, not two years from now. You know, yeah. or even, let's let's say he's like 31 when he finally has a car that is capable of winning. And that's fine. You can do it. People have done it for sure. But, you know, you don't, people, you, you, you know, championships aren't won. Like they aren't handed out on, on silver platters, even no. if you have a good car. Like look at, look at, um, Alonzo, Hamilton and Kimi that for that year in 2007, where there were, you know, Kimi won by one point. Those were three drivers that are like totally deserving of and capable of a win. And oh, they weren't 100%. able to, and and then like only one of them is able to do it. And really, yeah. Kimi kind of, in a way, lucked out because Hamilton and Alonso kept taking points off each other. Yeah, and so like, I, yeah. I think it's um, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, it seems, yeah, he's he's going to be thirty-one ish uh, coming into that, and and then like if it doesn't work out at Renault, you then go to like a a mid a mid-tier team, if you're lucky, a good mid-tier team. And then you've got to hope to God that they're able to have some technical fucking uh, breakthrough and they suddenly then are at the top of the pack because that's the only that was the only reason Weber was able to contend so late in his career was that he was moved on to Red Bull and then they suddenly were able to get Nui in and, and create a double diffuser that was unbeatable and he was suddenly back into a championship-winning car. So... Like, like, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's well, going to be interesting. Know, I'll tell you what I worry about is I worry about his, I, I worry about his psychology next year because he's had a terrible end to the season and this is not how he wanted to do it. He, he wanted to announce his shock move to Renault and he had a lot of optimism there, but he wanted to like end his career and his season at Red Bull going, you know, toe to toe with Max winning a race or two here and there, maybe getting some polls and being like a serious contender. And instead he's through no fault of his own and mainly like reliability problems. He has become totally like not even second fiddle, but not even part of the equation no. over the, in the second. Yeah. And so he's, and you could tell it, he was so like when he you know yelled into his helmet at, in Suzuka and like every time they would interview him, he would just be like totally crestfallen, like, just so he punched a hole in the wall, I believe it was in Mexico or yeah, where yeah. Maybe before that he is not of sound mind right no. now. He's, and he's just really 
you get the feeling that he wants the the season to be but over, I, and that is not I, that is not a good psychology to go in with no, a new team to build up a new team. It's you know? not. It's not. But well, I mean, it's. Uh, Hopefully, the team, the, the new car, won't fail the first race because I could see that happening. Yeah, and you see be, the Renault going be up in smoke. Definite shame. But also, what we want to see back is uh, McLaren and Williams. We we don't mm-hmm. like seeing them so far down the line. It just doesn't seem right, and. Uh, I mean, it yeah. just, it doesn't feel right. Williams, you've kind of be, we've kind of become accustomed to Williams probably over the last 15 years being somewhat of like not a middle, um, yeah, not yeah. being a, a middle, mid tier, then dropping down for a year and then coming back up to being a mid tier, showing a little yeah. bit of promise, but never really contending. But McLaren, like McLaren yeah. hasn't been like, it's, it's, it's like, it's weird and it's when, scary. When was the last time that Williams was a contender? I think what, wasn't oh, there last nineties? Ninety seven was with their world championship with Jacques Villeneuve, but I don't think they won again. No, but they were and probably in contention for like late nineties. But uh, <clears throat> then you had the Ferrari yeah. dominance, so it was probably yeah. when Ferrari dominance came in. So you were talking like late nineties, early two thousand. So yeah. it's been a good fifteen years. And I think they had a terrible season after Mc- they won the championship yeah. in ninety seven. So the so, McLaren, it, it's like seeing so, so McLaren, McLaren, but it Mc, McLaren was a good team. Not too long ago. That's no. what's shocking to me. Yeah, they were an excellent team, and like, I mean, it, I think losing the partnership with Mercedes really hurt them. Yeah, they they didn't. Ex- I don't. Well, whether they they expected it, I think that re- yeah, like you said, it really hurt them. And McLaren Technologies, which is the the arm mm. of where they develop. Uh, I mean, they build good cars. They do. They build excellent supercars. They used they used to build good cars until they lost Adrian Newey. Yeah, it, it just seems like... Um, I mean, he was... It seems sad just to see a McLaren so far down. Yeah. And I'm uh, kind I mean, of happy that Alonso's sitting in that seat so far down. That makes me like yeah. sleep really well at night. Yeah. It makes yeah. me sleep nice and warm in this <clears throat> Toronto cold. But um, Oh, man, Alonso was having a hissy fit last race and telling his mechanic that, to like leave him alone. Like, don't talk to me again on the radio. Yeah. That would, that's just so... That's absurd. It's, so it's childish. It's childish. I, I, just, I, I, every race he's always whining about, I, I, cannot, I cannot drive with these children anymore. It's like, just shut up. I can't believe I just spent leave. my no hard-earned money uh, on a Alonzo-framed portrait for my brother. I, I want to get that what? and just... Sm- yeah, it was for oh, my yeah, brother. for your brother. For okay. my brother. Of course, I wouldn't buy it. I <laughs> felt like on it first but I thought I, this I, would be a nice I present for to, my brother I tried to get you an autographed uh, picture of Grosjean in Montreal but I, I, could, I couldn't find Grosjean I couldn't find him he, he would just fucking <laughs> he would just like wave you away anyway exactly like he did to me the f- in Melbourne like eight yeah. years ago he just waved me off in front of like seven supermodels but he's pretty close to a race band so yeah well fucking yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, back, back to McLaren. It just, uh, I would like to see McLaren back out there because um, they have, if we're talking about history, like you were saying with Renault, then McLaren represents that like no other. And, and it just, uh, yeah, it, I, want, I, want, so I want to see them come down, back. I do it, want to yeah, see them come back. It just but. seems good to McLaren and Ferrari duking it out. Um, it's, yeah, like, like the good old days, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't see any real strides or I don't see any significant. Whereas like with Red Bull, we know they have amazing arrow, maybe shit electronics, but they have really good arrow and they, what they have is a terrible lump in the back and they just need a proper engine. So if Honda can deliver that, then they, they are really good prospect by hitting the reset button and changing engine, engine manufacturers. Like it's, it's not a probability, but it's a possibility. But with McLaren, I don't see any change on the horizon and they basically 
have a lineup now where, okay, they got as much as you like to talk shit about Alonzo, he is like an incredible driver. Yes. And if Alonzo couldn't do anything with that shit box, there's no way Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris are going to be able to do anything. So yeah. I, I lament for their future. I just wonder if McLaren are following a trajectory of the same of Red Bull is like, okay, uh, let's, or like a trajectory of, of Renault where you have an engine that's not the greatest, like a Merck or a, or a Ferrari, not doesn't have that strength and that raw power, but you kind of sacrifice that for aero. But McLaren don't have the engineers no. they once did. So I yeah, don't know what I, their I direction is. Doing. Yeah, their direction Spending seems Spending all, all their time designing orange and blue liveries. Oh, it's disgusting. It's, it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> so, so let's the car's let, a goblin. Like, <laughs> um, all right, should we move it's, forward it's on? Hideous. We, yeah. So let's, um, let's move <clears throat> forward. Let's, let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this, of what we thought what this episode was going to be all about. And now we're like, I don't know, 50 minutes into it and we haven't even got to this yet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the, what everyone actually cares about, which is the fact that, this race went to somebody who didn't deserve to win, and that is Lewis Hamilton. And let's, you know, I'm not, don't get me wrong, he raced, he's, he's a great driver, he's still putting in the effort to win the constructors. He drove really well, did as, as well as he could in that car, but something about the car just wasn't set up right for the race uh, compared to the Red Bulls and like Ricardo showed it, you know, by having a really excellent pace and doing some overtakes, but nobody showed it better than your boy Max. Yeah, like um, one thing. Do you still have your Max Verstappen model? I I do, I do. It's um, on my bedside table, and I uh, give it a nice little kiss before bed. It's uh, <laughs> like a little teddy bear for me. I, I totally believe that. <laughs> yeah. Look, I um, Verstappen showed. Uh, oh, uh, depending on how you look at this situation, Verstappen showed. Uh, patience. It's what we've seen as of late with, with Verstappen yeah, no, in his agree, racing. He's shown patience, and which think, is why he's yeah, been racing I don't, so I don't good. Think, I don't think the incident that did occur, I don't think that was a lack of patience. I no. Agree I, think, I think he has... People would say it's a lack of patience because he mm, wouldn't no. allow Ocon... I think it was a lack of judgment, not patience. Yeah, it, it, it just... You know what? When you are a, a, a no, car sorry. that's being lapped, let me just put it he's, like this. L- 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 before we get to the incident... Max started in fifth and he pulled off. So right off the line almost, or maybe the second turn or something, he passes Kimmy and Kimmy, you know, took it to him really hard and repassed him. And I think Max got ahead again. Like he was, he was battling hard, climbing up the ladder, pulling moves on, you know, left and right. I guess so he, he made, you know, several overtakes to get right up on Hamilton and eventually pulled an amazing pass on Hamilton and Hamilton just conceded. Like he was yeah. like, he had, this well, is Hamilton, too dangerous. And, his, yeah. and I think his tires were falling off or something. His tires were falling off. Like he, the, the, that's probably the one thing with the Mercedes is that yeah. their tires they were on the supers, just yeah. fucking degrade so yeah, much. They were on the supers and um, Lewis Max was, was too. Lewis was complaining about yeah. how he was sliding around everywhere. So Max was even actually talking on the radio. He was saying, he reported in and saying that it looks like Lewis is sliding around a lot more than I am. Yeah, and uh, Lewis was scared to kind of. But Max is the kind of person to showboat on the radio. Like no, he, he's not. No, no, he is. He, he not. I don't mean to lie. I think to get on the radio and say that someone else is doing worse than him on the same tires, it's totally. A I think he just. I think he just has phenomenal race strategy, craft, and insight. And I, no, he's I, able I don't, to I don't, judge. I don't think that at all. I, I think, think that's I don't think he has a, I 100%. Think, no, I think he's just an incredible raw talent. 
he has so much innate understanding and control of the vehicle. He doesn't understand the technical stuff, I don't think. He, I don't think he can predict what's going to happen to the car. He will just say, feels good. And he'll just drive the shit out of it. Like, and his engineers will say, uh, you got, you <laughs> no. got to back off cause this is happening. And he'll be like, no. Okay. He just it. turned 21 key on. Like, no, no, I know. What I'm trying to say is with experience, he's going to be, he's going to be un- unstoppable. Like he's just, he's unbelievably good. His talent is just, some it's of those insane. passes, would you say, wouldn't like that we saw were just ballsy as fuck? Yeah, ba- ballsy, but also okay. So I think he is benefiting from his reputation because other drivers, they know that when he when Max comes a knocking, get the fuck out of the way because he's going to take you out. He is <laughs> no, not, not going gonna, to give you space. No, he is. He gave. He got to the point when he made that first pass on uh, on yeah, Kimmy. No, so he actually went off the track a little bit more. I think he's learning yeah, now. Maybe, maybe a little bit. He's His reputation precedes him, and other drivers do give him a wide berth because they don't want to tangle with Max. Whereas I think they might be a little more aggressive defending with other drivers. And and like, honestly, this is working out well for him. I mean, he developed the reputation early in his career you, and now he's reaping the benefits. You're making it out like he's some hard cowboy slinger from Austin. Well, I mean, and they, that he, he is, he is. They, 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 no. It, it was, um, who was it? Was it Vettel uh, had Herbert? that reputation was, and so did Hamilton. Wasn't it Johnny Herbert who, uh, he was, he was doing the hot laps with, with, with Lewis a couple of races ago and he came up with a hypothetical situation. Like, what do you do? Pop quiz, you know, this person's on this side and Max is on your, you know, Max is on your left. What do you do? And, and Lewis was like, I go right because Max is on the left. Like everyone knows. Yeah. Okay. You give him a wide, a wide Let's ass Let's give birth. context to that comment because fucking Ocon is in Hamilton's corner, like a little and Hamilton's protecting him because he's a, a Mercedes fucking product. That's exactly <laughs> okay, why okay, Keon. Okay, hold on. Like you're, you're still skipping ahead. You're skipping. You're, you're bringing it. You're, you brought you're up skipping. a fucking Johnny Herbert segment. Yeah, but that, but that was <laughs> skipping behind, not skipping ahead. So, okay. So Max is doing incredibly well, and he gets to the point where he has so much pace. He actually on track passes Hamilton for the lead. He was eating into Hamilton's lead and the, and Hamilton's engineers were telling him, no, you're still fine. You're still fine. You just got to put in these times. And Hamilton, I've never actually noticed him. I've never witnessed him being so nervous and squirrely on the radio. He kept radioing in saying, what's Max doing? How's Max doing? What it tires is Max on? It was a scary on? thought. Yeah, like he was like, what's what's going on with Max? And they were like, don't worry, you're fine. You're fine. And, and eventually you, they, were, they had to concede. Did you see that when... He wasn't fine. Like Max legitimately passed him on track. Yeah, and did I don't know, like um when Max had passed, made made the final pass on, on Hamilton, um, it was astounding to see how far uh how fast <laughs> yeah. he was able to pull, pull away, away. Yeah. From, from Hamilton. Like yeah. it was astounding. Well that car he just was had just, so much blistering raw pace and yeah, like and the car he, was just set up really well. It was and set I, I up well it, and he was, I think the tires uh, the tire the tire degradation headspace. profile was really good on the Red Bull. He was in a yeah he was in a good headspace. It, 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 everything Mercs were like they were, they were they were good in the in after the pits, but then they would drop off pretty fast. Like Verstappen was taking um, <clears throat> seconds out of like his like first and third sectors. Verstappen's were un unreal. It was like it was just witnessing uh, like Goku going Super Saiyan four. It was it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was it was something to behold. But then. Um, Going with about what uh, seventeen odd laps to go, was it? Um, we have Mister Esteban Ocon come out with his on and fucking wave his 
into Max Verstappen. He was so to to give context to this situation. Uh, Verstappen was the leader, and Ocon was down in I think sixteenth or seventeenth. Um, he was a backmarker. Now, yeah, he was not even remotely close to being in the points. So. Verstappen, um, <clears throat> as has been tradition for the last 50 years of Formula One racing, goes to lap this f- in a pink car. And what does Ocon do? Unlaps himself. And in the process, Verstappen is like going, what's, what's going on? And they clip and it spins and Verstappen is out of the race. And not out of the race, sorry. He lost the race win, basically. Lost the race win. And in what world? He, th- he, was com- he was comfortably ahead. And then after this, like Hamilton was able to basically snatch the win. I don't, I don't understand what someone in 16th place is un- unlapping himself after. Like, yeah, so that's, so the big, okay. So like the, why, the big and it was aggressive. If to, you look at the yeah. move, it, it was an aggressive move. And people, and like Otto, yeah. Otto was. Uh, Otmar. Sorry, Otmar, <laughs> fucking. Otto's a bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he's, they they got him on the radio like moments after, momentarily after, and said Max didn't leave him any room, and he saw that he was there. That was a quote directly from Otmar, and I, I'm just I understand that that yeah, that Otmar a, said Max didn't leave didn't leave Ocon any room, and he knew he was there. Yeah, so and and I understand you got to stick up for your driver. I, I get that 100, percent but to be really blatant. And to make Max look like he was some fucking reckless driver and that didn't understand. Max was the race leader and yeah. you have no position, no no right in 16th place to be unlapping yourself from the race leader. If you want to unlap yourself from someone who's 7th mm-hmm. or 8th, fi- fair bit, like fine. But for someone who's the race fucking leader, come yeah, on. Like, okay, so technically, and this has been pointed out many times, now since the race uh, you're allowed to unlap yourself it's part of the rules that if you have the pace and you feel like you're being held up by the by the person who's just lapped you you have the right to retake that place and it's true however i agree with almost everyone in in the analysis of this particular situation including i should add including the race stewards who handed alcona a 10 second stop and go which i think was a very a very light almost farcical penalty but yeah. they clearly believed he was in the wrong that if you want to unlap yourself, do it safely. And you sure as hell do not take out the race leader No, because you're un- unlapping yourself for, for what, for your ego, basically like you're not even in the points. What are you thinking? Yeah. Are you so upset that you've had such a, an abysmal weekend that yeah, you need to claw, was, claw back some kind of, uh, of well, res- I mean, self-respect by have, fucking, oh, and you know what? I'm going to unlet yeah. myself against you know, the when race they sh- when leader. They showed, when they showed uh, Max's onboard, like his, his camera, uh, forward-facing camera, he was like diving into that turn. And I was like, where the hell? I don't get it. Like, where is this the right replay? Like, where is Alcon? Then all of a sudden, Alcon appears in your peripheral vision on the right, just diving in. And you're like, what the? Yeah. That is shocking. And then they, t- they kind of turn left. And then it's like they're going through an S. So there's a swing back to the right. And Max just takes kind of the racing line because Alcon sort of disappears from his view. And I think what you would assume in that in that situation is that you're the race leader and the guy that just unlapped himself is like, okay, okay, fine, fine, go. So I think Max made that assumption that Alcon had like backed off. As he's off allowed to since, do. Yeah, no, but here's where I, where I disagree. 
it would have made sense for Alcon to do that. And it would totally be like Max kind of has every right to expect some sort of respect or deference like that. But when you're leading a race, you do not count on the good behavior of the drivers around you. And if you're in a situation like that, you look to the side, you play it safe. Maybe you take the turn slightly wider because you don't want to risk your race. And yeah, you might lose a few tenths in the corner. Who cares? It's not like Hamilton was right on his gearbox. But what if he had been? No, well, that's a totally different situation. He no, wasn't. And, and we, Max could have afforded. He could have afforded to play that. it safe. They don't know that. At that point in your racing, you don't know. He All knows you see exactly is got where Hamilton is. No. He's got rear view mirrors, man. But he doesn't know the strength of what Hamilton... I mean, post-race, we found that Hamilton's car barely made it over the finish line. But yeah. they don't know that. They're driving... Yeah, but that doesn't matter. What he knows is how close Hamilton is. And Hamilton wasn't far, far he behind. He wasn't far, but honestly... It's, it's, in that situation, uh, it's Max no, was, was um, it, it showed inexperience and also no, arrogance that no. he thought that Alcon was. You're saying good behavior. We're talking about 50 years of racing tradition and morality of that races go, okay, um, I'm being so lapped no, now. I, Why, agree. Wh- I agree that Alcon was um, punching well above his weight there. Punching he, well? Yeah, punching well above his weight. He got he, his <laughs> out. Alcon with his on. Like, that's... That's what he did. It, it was the Ocon effect. Yeah, it was the You know what? So, no, he, he just like, he just, he's, okay, the, he's there, the Heath Ledger joker no. of Formula One. He wants <laughs> to watch drivers burn. And by extension, I think he wants to watch the world burn. No. He, that's how evil this Ocon is because, no, I, no, I, you know I, what? We've had issues with backpackers you know, let's, let's, in let's, previous Let's backpedal a little bit. Let me remind you of how you felt about Ocon in Singapore in comparison to Sergio Perez. Yeah, they're so, both liquid <laughs> In my opinion, now both, but th- this was this was no contention. Like they weren't affecting. This was a, this is now affecting my boy Verstappen. So that's why Verstappen. <laughs> it, it look. I, I just think oh, that it, it just it showed. Just sounds like a weird German fetish porn site. Yeah. It, well, it's uh, currently <laughs> under under construction. But um, I, I just when you when you're looking at this right in terms of like Ocon and Perez. Yeah, I was more on Ocon's side for that, but. What, what I'm saying is no, that look, these Ocon bo- is an amazing driver. Bo- you both know, of you them, know he's an amazing driver. Bo- I'm not. No, I haven't disputed that Ocon wasn't isn't an amazing driver. But these two, these two Force Indias have been in an insurmountable amount of uh, trouble for for so many incidents, and uh, you know it, it's disappointing to see because hmm. you, you don't touch don't think, you don't, don't touch a race leader. You don't no, touch. I agree. A race I agree with you, but this is like the first time that Ocon has done anything as absurd and it actually to me it feels uncharacteristic it was like Sergio Perez's erratic driving in in um in Singapore it just didn't make any sense and so to see Ocon do this I'm actually shocked myself I get why he tried to unlap himself in that first one in that first turn but then to sort of keep doggedly on it and tuck your nose in to basically Max's almost like his blind spot as Max was turning in. This That was just stupidity. This goes back to their karting days as young yeah, children. I know, I know there's a and the fact and yeah. the fact that Ocon I think is jealous that he 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 didn't get into a Mercedes seat for next year. Verstappen is that, at Red Bull. Yeah, Verstappen's at Red Bull. That. And this is a way to stick the knife into no, to Verstappen you know a little I, bit. I don't think, this I think is totally... This it, does not help Ocon's case to have a drive. And I don't think he would choose to go out 
uh, like this, you know, in the What, you're talking a 15-year rivalry with a, with someone that he's had since he was a child? Yeah. You give every chance to be fucking hit the Joker, yeah, and that's I what he I did. I don't know. I mean, Alcon's really not that kind of person, which is, I, with, I expect with, this kind of behavior No, he's Max. not that kind of person, but he's that kind of type of person to Max Verstappen because they've hated maybe, each other. Maybe. They've hated each other. But I also, apparently, <laughs> so the... So, the controversy that that happened after after this incident actually happened later uh, during the weighing procedures, and um, so there was a lot of weighing incidents this 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 race because there was a Weybridge incident after qualifying with with Vettel, but Max essentially sh- like pushed his way into the area where the drivers are being weighed, comes up behind Alcon and starts like basically you know yelling at him. And starts shoving him, and not like once. I think it was like four or five really hard pushes, and one of them actually pushes Alcon off of the platform. And then it gets down and gives him another push. And Alcon, like, didn't, I think he kind of half pushed back at one point, but he was basically just like incredulous and saying, like, what the fuck are you doing kind of thing. But then later it came out that, like, and I think Christian Horner said, you know, that there were there were words exchanged and yeah. they were disrespectful and like and, and and Max, but like I I don't trust anything that comes out of Max's mouth when he's angry. His face gets red and he just he just he's enraged. It's like he shot himself up with like the most powerful steroids known, known to you man know what? and like 10 times the normal dose. I, I tell you what, it takes a lot of balls to drive like Max does. And it takes a lot of balls to stand up for yourself, to go post race and say, you know what? Not only did you, did you totally fuck up my race and by, by a way of like um, vindictive behavior, you also put me, you put us both in, in danger because they're racing and to do that that's dangerous because he was being lapped and he unlapped and he tried to unlap okay, himself this was, this so this was is not like yeah okay this, this is you know this <clears throat> it goes back to that point you know what it takes a lot of boys uh, balls for Verstappen to to do that and I'm glad that he did to say you know what mm. you are an idiot because this not is, only did you ruin my race you put us both in jeopardy this is not like that incident with uh was the Hamilton Vettel where one of them Brake tested the other, and the other one, I think Vettel like pulled up beside and like literally slammed into him. That's like vindictive, dangerous behavior. And when, for example, Schumacher tried to crash into Jacques Villeneuve uh, in the race that uh, Villeneuve event- eventually ended up winning the championship in, and basically Schumacher tried to dive bomb into him to take him out of the race, that's like underhanded and dangerous behavior. I don't think what Algon did here was dangerous. It was just stupid. What he did was totally dangerous. He put no. in, he created a situation in he which they him. clipped each other and where he knew well, that Mista- where he knew that Max How many wasn't times going has Max to re- done that this year. Oh, Several times. Max has done that because they've been racing for position. This well, is not racing mm, for position. Okay, no, I agree, but I'm just talking about the the technicality like the assessment of whether it was a dangerous move or not because yeah, he it was knows an unnecessary how Ma- it was an unnecessary move I he agree. knows that max is going to react that way that he he knows <laughs> yeah, that max know. is going to react yeah. and so he had this played out it was perfect like, exactly like how the joker took down batman <laughs> in the dark knight it was it was fucking picture perfect <laughs> Alcon doesn't even look like Heath Ledger. Like seriously, it doesn't matter. Fucking, okay, okay, he puts so, some makeup on, and you do look like Heath Ledger's Joker. Doesn't look, matter. Look, doesn't it was it was a on. stupid move. It was a stupid move on Alcon's part. But I am I'm actually I I'm totally on Alcon's side when he points out that like what he's more concerned with is the way Max behaved after the race, and I agree. And it's 
when did the FIA become a completely toothless organization, completely incapable of controlling its drivers and the way that they behave? Like, I don't think that giving Max a community service sentence is at all in keeping with, or, or I, I don't think it matches the the crime whatsoever. It's it's absurd. It's a crime. It's a, tra- it's a travesty. A crime. Yeah, yeah. We're it, talking a crime. He he pushed a a, a fucking no, little. No. F- he didn't. He didn't. He didn't tap him on the shoulder. He was repeatedly assaulted. I know. Him. He said he pushed a little f- boy. It's nothing. Nothing. You know what? We we know that Anton uh, Senna punched out Eddie yeah, Irvine. So yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about that. Um, for for much less, uh, Senna was basically goaded by um, who was it? Um, I can't remember his his old. Um, his old teammate um, basically encouraged him to have some to, to have some alcohol after the race. Got him like sort of like loaded up, and then <laughs> like a shit disturber encouraged Senna to um, to basically approach Eddie Irvine, who had done almost exactly the same thing, actually more aggressively than Ocon, to unlap himself, and then also try to unlap himself against Hill, who was leading the race, I think, and essentially. Uh, Senna went and like yelled at him a little bit and had no intention of doing anything, but he was, he was a little bit tipsy and he ended up like taking a swing at him and like punching him in the face. And he actually was under investigation and was eventually handed a suspended two race ban. Okay. So potentially a two race ban. What, what happened in this case? Max gets community service. What the hell does that even mean? Okay. Can you tell me what, uh, Ayrton's Senna's uh, words were as he punched uh, Eddie Irvine and walked away, what he said? I, I don't remember his words. He said, I you think... need to learn to have some respect. Oh, some respect. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is this this situation mirrors Max, it. Max probably just this said... M- mis- mirrors... <laughs> mirrors this perfectly. It was like to say, you know what? You need to have a little bit of respect. It doesn't matter. We can have a fucking rivalry where we you know, race wheel to wheel and we dislike each other, but have respect and don't be a vindictive, vindictive, vindictive and crash me out of a race. That was what it is. He, Verstappen's got balls to do that. I appreciate that someone is a little bit colorful and actually, you know, has the courage to go up and say, you know what? You're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're dangerous. And, um, you don't have a driving fucking Mercedes next year. don't be, don't be citing Ayrton Senna as if you're like you know making some sort of, um, you know channeling some sort of. There's a parallel. Par- Keo, there's a know. parallel don't between. Ch- don't channel him because I think I think he I was think I channel Senna more than you. <laughs> I'm saying Senna was completely in the wrong in that situation. But he. So don't but no, cite him no, as being some example. I'm I'm citing that the reason what Senna did was saying that he needs to learn respect, and that's. Um, it, that mirrors it totally mirrors and parallel is a parallel to what uh, Verstappen wanted to do is saying pushing him to saying you need to learn some respect you know what you're doing is ridiculous learn some respect we're drivers how is it yeah. disrespectful how is it disrespectful how how is what Ocon did disrespectful yeah I don't I think it was dumb I don't think it was disrespectful that's a complete lack of disrespect Ocon I'm a lack sure of respect you mean. Yes, a complete lack of respect. I'm sure Ocon has uh, has been in a situation with a race leader. Has he ever tried to unlap himself from um, another ra- another race leader that's lapping himself? No, it was Verstappen. 
it was Verstappen. Because yeah, okay, so yeah, maybe so, that's a coincidence, but I mean... A coincidence, oh, okay. It's look, a coincidence then. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, ultimately Senna was, you know, found to be in the wrong in that situation and actually behaved uncharacteristically. And what, what happened was actually Gerhard Berger... <laughs> goaded him into drinking some peach schnapps and <laughs> he, he schnapped me he schnapped so him. basically yeah he like got all riled up and boozed up and then he went and ended up you know yelling at eddie irvine and punched him and for that he was about to serve you know a two-race ban which was suspended. a suspended sentence okay it was a, but it was still like a, it's sending a message it's a enough a suspended like, sentence is, to, is almost like saying you know what okay look we fundamentally what, they, what your anger was probably right but how you reacted was wrong that's what a look, suspended what they, sentence what they're doing is. what they're doing for max with community service it's not even like a slap on the wrist it's not even like I mean, I think it's even lighter than giving him like a 20,000 euro ban. Like it's, it, it means nothing. What's he going to do? He's going to pose for some pictures and sign some autographs for some kids? No, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I think the community service might be something in terms like of like he's dealing, dealing with anger. He's not going to be picking up garbage on mile 114 <laughs> of, of <laughs> no. the Arthur Burkhardt yeah. Expressway. <laughs> no, <laughs> he certainly <laughs> so, so I think, I think it's, not even, it's not an effective punishment. I think it's actually no, a No, you're the face. thinking that his community service is going to be lights, camera, action, and he's going to be smiling in his red ball kit it's going to be something to do with like it's going to be slightly like self-reflection and embarrassing where he's going to have to maybe go and talk to kids <laughs> with anger management issues <laughs> or some shit <laughs> but it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna be no fucking parade man he's not going down to monaco to like fucking perv on bikini clad yeah. women with binoculars it's his community service is going to be something that's going to be a little embarrassing. He's like, going to work with. He's going to show up to some event and sign some autographs no, you, for some th- disadvantaged yeah, children. Okay, yeah, and that's it's it. going to be a Polo Ralph Lauren <laughs> fucking event, and he's going to be signing autographs. He's going to be on a yacht with a bunch of. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, I, th- I, think I think we've I, covered enough. Yeah. So uh, I think we. we we're both agreed that Max was in the wrong. No, we did not agree that Keon. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, so look, the incident, 100% Alcon's fault. And I totally get why Max was incensed. And if he hadn't pulled those ridiculous schoolyard antics of of barging into the way area and start shoving around a driver, like that's a bad, that's just, it's not being a good role model. It's not being a good athlete. When Zidane headbutts somebody's chest in the World Cup final, like he has to serve a very harsh penalty for that because okay it was his last game so he didn't care but you need to send a message that this is an okay behavior and you know when Senna punched out Irvine that wasn't okay behavior and what Max did is not okay and for some it's, reason the FIA no, does not give a fuck n- I don't and think, we, if Grosjean had done it he would have been like drawn and quartered I don't think F1 drivers are held to the same moral high ground as other sportsmen because, well they should be no hold on because uh, we, in terms of when you're talking about soccer or like baseball, kids are able to participate in that sport uh, at a relatively low cost. Kids, there's relatively few young ki- children are able to participate no, in go karting. Hold on, and able to, yeah, it does. So when you're thinking about it, yeah. you you get into F1 at a much older up. age. The, you, there are kids who do uh, enjoy F1, but it's a, it's a sport that you kind of like a, a fine cognac that gets better with age. <laughs> and as I you grow older, up, they look and, up to these guys. No, they no. But we're not talking about a big population. There's a bigger population. 
population of kids that look up to soccer oh, yeah, players. That's why they're held to no, account I, I, more. I think right? you hold people to high standards if they are internationally recognizable athletes, whether the sport is a niche and sport by the, or by, by a the globally age group. popular sport. By the age group, these are mm. internationally recognized sports sports stars, but probably by the ages of 17 to 18 and know. up. We're not talking about kids that are five aren't, years these old. Aren't, these aren't UFC fighters, okay? No. Like they're held to a standard oh. of most professional athletes. Like UFC no, fighters, no, UFC fighters aren't held to a high standard because they're all basically like st- street thugs. Well, they're all... Like fucking McGregor, but let's not talk about that. But <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying is that we, let's let's not just uh, put we're we're putting them up to this high standard like a role model. They're not exactly role models for kids because it's not it's not really a children's sport per se. There are kids that do enjoy it, but they don't really understand, and that they're not up watching the races. So when we say role models for kids, Formula One drivers aren't. They they fucking sleep with thirty models in a year, and they go around and 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 buy. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why that's why that's why kids 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 look up to their lifestyle and they want to one day be a Formula <laughs> One driver. I mean, honestly, if I like, I would. What I wanted to be when I was growing up was fighter pilot number one, and then number two was like a race car driver. Yeah, and I didn't even know about any of this Formula One shit when I was a kid. No. If I had watched like uh, you know that movie Rush, if they had made that back then, I would have been like shit. Well, there was I'm in a, the wrong profession. There, Keon, there was one other <laughs> shitty uh, movie before Rush called Drive with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I remember that. <laughs> that was. I actually I watched remember, part of that, but it was painful. Yeah, it was painful. I remember watching that at like seven in, uh, at my uncle's house, and. Uh, uh. It, that's kind of what got me Stallone, into Formula One. You, you know actually. what? Though Stallone actually really got me into soccer because he made this terrible movie in the eighties with Pele and Michael Caine. <laughs> Have you not seen it? It's no, called I Victory, haven't. and it's the, the Allies against the Nazis. Oh my and god! And somebody decrees that like the Allies have to play a soccer game what? against the German like Nazi team, and the and the stakes are if the Allies win, they win their freedom. <laughs> That's fucked so, up. But then the whole thing, they knew that the Germans would be cheating, so they're digging in an escape tunnel. They're going to escape at halftime. And then during halftime, Pele convinces them all not to escape because they can actually win the match. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, and then St- Stallone saves the day. It's hilarious, man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So there's this other thing that we have to, that we, we wanted to, to talk about, and it's something that neither of us even knew ha- happened because I think Martin Brundle mentioned it at the very end of the race when we were like, you know, watching with our with our jaws almost hitting the floor, being like, "Is is Ricardo going to be able to cast past Kimmy?" And he was he was really really close to Kimmy, and it was like this exciting you know finale. And Martin Brundle was just talking about, and Gasly and Hartley are just going at it before the end of the race. Neither of them want to pass each other. Yeah, and he- and we're like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, and you kind of like we we're we, like we, we just forgot about it because yeah, that was it. And it then registered in our brains, but there was just a no momentarily ab- registered. Yeah. yeah, and then. I, I I saw it come up in the in the feed on the in the, in the F one app, and it was just like news put out by you know Formula One management, and it said something about watch you know Gasly and Hartley's like dramatic you know end to the to the race or like quarrel, and I was like eh, I should probably watch this, so we just played it right before, right before recording the podcast, and we're we were not prepared for how long it was going to be. It was Keon, like a two I, and a half minute thing. You said it was like a soap opera. Yeah, and you said to me, "Listen to this," and I go, "Okay," and you played it, and I was astounded, <laughs> completely astounded <laughs> at the fucking it was the back shocking. and forth. Yeah, it was yeah. shocking, and it, and, and it was and more the, than a soap opera. And it was and the race engineer kept telling him, "Turn." 
turn four. Four, turn four. Like in, in this, in this really like a really cheerful French accent. Turn four, turn four. Yeah. Drive us, swap. Drive us, swap. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? It was, uh, and, it was and something. Then, and then Gasly would just like not do the swap. Yeah. And Hartley would get back Gasly, on the radio and be like, man, I'm losing time. I'm, I'm science is going to pass me if you don't tell me to get out of my Hartley way. And Hartley was like saying choice words, saying, what the fuck is he doing? There was so many bleeping expletives. Yeah, and, and he was so... I, and then Gasly was saying, explain to me why we cannot race. And it was just like back and forth, back and forth saying, I'm on medium tires. They're almost dead. And he's on <laughs> super soft. He should be able to pass he, me. And you think that that's fair. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? If the team says, okay, you're faster than your teammate. We're telling him to move aside. And your teammate does not move aside. I'd be pissed on the radio too. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you and know let's, what? let's not forget. There is like intense... I'm not going to say rivalry because Hartley was stinking up the track almost the entire season. But the last few races, he's got some fire in him. He does. And, and he's been doing pretty well and actually outperforming Gasly quite a few times. And so it's kind of kind of shitty for, for him to not have Gasly move aside. And I, I, I like the fact that he was on the radio so much. But Gasly was just not moving over, man. But you know what? I think that shows Gasly having kind of like showing people around the paddock to say, you know what? In this situation, I am not going to be a pushover like. Um, yeah, you know, I, I like I shouldn't Val, be, yeah, you know, like, like Valorant's Botticello. Like Valorant's Botticello, because I shouldn't be judgmental at, here. At because the, on, on a medium tire, I mean, and he made a fair point. If he is on a super soft and he is supposed to be faster, yet Gasly is on the medium and mm. is not finding as much traction. Then Hartley, with his no, skill, should be able to overtake him. Should be yeah, able to well, overtake that, him. That's when you're like passing somebody in another team. You need to pull <clears> off <throat> that pass. But like that is one of the advantages to having a teammate and a team that's able to assess that you're faster. And that's uh, we saw at this race. Kimmy was finally, finally allowed to pass. The I believe that's what happened. That he was allowed to pass Vettel because towards the end of the like the second time that he passed Vettel, the first time was because Vettel messed up and it went wide. But the second time. They gave Kimmy the worst uh, the pit, pit stop strategy. He came out right behind Vettel, but then he was eventually uh, told that he was allowed to pass Vettel because he the, was way faster. So like, that's what you expect from your team. But the whole argument is saying that science was gaining on them both. So No, I mean, no, not like science was basically going to pass Hartley, and that was a big deal because they needed to get more points out of that situation than Renault. And uh, Gasly was compromising. And on, ultimately, he was right. Would, how, no. He was right because Gasly let him by finally after eight laps of this nonsense. He let I him by. I think that's just having science, to do what the team orders are. Yeah, you know, he, so, yeah, so he let, him, he let him by. And Science eventually ended up passing Gasly as well. So Gasly was like, he was a moving, he was like, you know, he was a midfield um, um Bottas, basically, like he was not. He had no pace at that time. His tires were but, shot. But that's the that's the thing is that it, it doesn't matter. I mean, why are we deriding drivers who are trying to stand their ground? I mean, Gasly and Verstappen have stood their ground. I mean, they're and they're they're. Yeah, you know th- what I mean? This is a different situation. It, no, I mean, it's, I think, it's completely. Di- but mm. fundamentally, you're looking at drivers who just want to stand their ground and going fuck mm. off. And Gasly's like saying, you know what? Hartley has been he shit all clearly, year. Clearly, clearly worse. Okay. Hartley has no fucking skill at all. I don't even think he could peel a kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a Kiwi himself. He, mate, he, there is something with him as a driver that he just possesses. He's gotten a bit of. Uh, <laughs> my uh, favorite, my favorite Hartley moment was when he was being, being weighed in front of Alcon while Max was about to 
punch him out. He turned around, was all red faced and sweaty, and he just like he was like, "What's going on behind me?" He turned around and he saw Akon and Max, and he literally was just like, "Whatever." And he turns back and faces the FIA official. It was hilarious, man. Because I thought, oh, maybe he's gonna like step in. Maybe that's a Kiwi that's thing a, to do, be a it, peacekeeper. He just looked at him and was like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah, that's a testament to his character. He didn't even step in. I mean, you could expect that Kimmy would be right in the middle of that shit, but fucking Hartley, Hartley's <laughs> no, no. just. I think Kimmy would just put on his sunglasses and just be like, whatever, guys. This is not happening. Not happening. Kimmy I'm, would I'm put on else. sunglasses and behave like a bouncer. That's what he would do. I I don't uh, know. Hardly, yeah. I, you know, the, the drivers that I would expect to actually intervene in that situation would be like maybe Weber and David Coulthard. And, you know, just like... You're naming Trisha. drivers that have retired. I thought you were going to name drivers that are currently <laughs> racing. Uh, uh, nobody, actually. I don't think anyone. Maybe Ricardo. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. especially Ricardo's his teammate, so he'd probably hold Max back a little bit. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I think I, I think they're all yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we got. It's on been this. a fiery, fiery. <laughs> this uh, was a, this was actually I think almost as fun to watch and dramatic as what happened between Max and Alcon was like one split second incident, and then a lot of cursing and giving of the fingers. Of the fingers, the finger, and then we had the you know post race you know drama, but yeah, this was uh, and there were, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit more um, humor and excitement in the in the waiting room. Uh, it was pretty funny when Kimmy asked Max what happened to him, yeah, and and then Max was like excitedly expa- explaining what happened with Alcon, and it's- then Hamilton like just came down on him and be like. Dude, you had, you had more to lose than he did. He's allowed to unlock Which is himself. completely wrong. I mean, Hamilton, it, it just doesn't. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. And it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, 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 uh, it, I, it's I, been a soap opera. And that's what is the soap opera of Formula One. Well, that's why, was, that's why I love it. That's yeah, why I watch it's the great. sport. It's, it's great. It's 100% so. the reason that I follow it. Because it's not only an amazing sport from the engineering side. And from the sports side, as a spectator, to watch uh, who doesn't love fast cars. But just from the side of like knowing the the little parade of characters, the the yeah. dr- dramatis personae of like twenty drivers from around the world who have rivalries and who have, have grudges ri- yeah. against each other, and who's like grudges for years. Yeah, and who who's who's switching teams, who's going where, who's going to backstab who, and um, and then we get like incidents like this, like schoolyard drama between Max and Alcon, and then we have what happened on the radio, and it reminded me of like. Uh, Grosjean and and Kimmy into I think it was 2012 in the Lotus when Kimmy towards the end was about to like strike and not race for Lotus because they weren't paying him. Yeah, and, they, were, and it was, they ordered him to pull aside for Grosjean was faster and, and it was Kimmy also, was like no I'm not doing it. And it was also like when uh, Weber and Vettel had the whole I, mm-hmm. I think I was talking about this before the Monty 21 and and uh, yeah, yeah. and and that whole drama where Weber barely. When they had the post-race interview, Weber was—they were just like, "So, how was your race?" And and Weber's like, "Well, you know, Seb gets all the, uh, you know, the the preference, and and that's how it is." And like, it 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 just—it's so cringeworthy. It's it's so uh, heart wrenching. It. It. It's fantastic, seeing, and it, it's I love, I love good to see the, that sort of stuff. I love seeing the the, you know? the the mental anguish. I love watching drivers just crumble mentally under pressure. It's honestly, I can't think of any sport where people are under so much scrutiny, and there's so much backstory because even in soccer you're like oh this person this is happening and this person's being traded or you know it, it's a team sport and so you don't it doesn't focus on drivers but like when a driver in formula one has a race win taken away their behavior is under the spotlight and yeah. it's just 
it's just e- even when they're fighting for 11th place, which is essentially what, what Hartley and Gasly were squabbling over the last position that does not score points. No, it was uh, it was really silly, but it was fantastic. It was I, good. I love it, and I hope I hope uh, Hartley has a good race next season. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I hope he remains. I actually really do hope that he sticks around. Because oh no, you're being silly now, Keon. <laughs> You're being, you're being I know I was really down. Like I was. Uh, it doesn't Harley. make sense. Harley was like my my second most hated driver after Van Dorn. Yeah, it, look, but, Hartley just doesn't belong in Formula One. He doesn't have the balls for it. He doesn't have anything for that that mm-hmm. possesses. I think he's been. I think he's 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 done a good job the last four races. So well, it, there's 20 races to a season. Agreed, agreed. But the thing with Toro Rosso is they don't have anyone to pick from. There's nobody out there with a super license that can actually fill that seat. Apparently. It's it's like it, within the within their family, right? They don't they don't hire from outside the Red Bull. Family, no, they so. don't. They don't. Uh, they so don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. to all our listeners out there, we uh, <laughs> sorry for the digression, so, <laughs> but um, we do have to wrap up. Um, yeah. We have got uh, Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks, have we not, Keon? Yeah, two weeks from now is the final race of the season. It's too bad that the championship, neither championship, came down to the last race. Yeah, that is. Uh, oh, we forgot we're to mention one that. Yeah, we're we, one race off. Okay, we, like we forgot yeah. to mention we Mercedes. Forgot to mention, oh, by the way, Mercedes <laughs> win, <laughs> the, win the championship. <laughs> That's what you get on our podcast. You don't get yeah. the obvious information. You get yeah. you get the nuanced and the niche, <laughs> <laughs> the niche information about yeah. Uh, about Ocon being Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker. That's basically what we talked about. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. We we got both championships wrapped up. However, um, Abu Dhabi is what I think a, a quite a fun race. It's uh, a a slide It'll from day a, to night. The, let's let's just it's the last chance for any of the drivers to do something memorable in their current teams. Yeah. So we've that, got, that's a good way to put it. Kim. We've got Alonso's last race ever, which is a big deal. We got Kimmy's last race in a Ferrari before he's like in, in a, in a shit team. Mm-hmm. We have, um, <laughs> we have Van Dorn and Ericsson. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's going to be Ricardo's last drive for Red Bull, which is kind of poignant considering yeah, he, very, very he, poignant, he yeah. grew up with them. So we've got a few, like you said, yeah, we've got a few. Um, very, very interesting. And, and Gasly's, Gasly and Leclerc's last drives with their mid-tier teams before they step up to the big leagues. Yeah. And, so you it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really, really good. So uh, we look forward. Thank you for listening to all our listeners out there. We appreciate it. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.